Welcome to Will's Personal Development Podcast, where we bring you data and science-backed answers and advice from billionaires. What's up, everyone? My name is Will, and welcome to Will's Personal Development Podcast. In this episode, we will be talking about a common dilemma, which is that why haven't I achieved success at the age of X? Now, there's different variations of this question or problem or dilemma, but I see a lot among young people, and I've experienced it myself. Uh, so, of course, put in the age, no matter how young or old you are, you may have experienced something like this. You may be going through something like this, especially if you're young. And just to give you like a specific age as an example, so you understand what I'm talking about, uh, for 25-year-olds or 24-year-olds, they will often say something like, man, I'm already 25 years old. How come I'm not a millionaire rock rock star playboy celebrity actor tech entrepreneur yet? How come I'm not living the mansion lifestyle and partying it up in Los Angeles with actors and famous celebrities and models and dating all these supermodels. Um, so that is actually uh, something that is moderately common. I wouldn't say super common, but I see it and I, I believe it is something that will happen more and more. And therefore, it's something that uh, I really think is important to stop and to fix and to help people out because it can really stunt or... Uh, affect your mindset, your growth, and your progress to success in life. So those are some bold claims. Why do I think that all these bad things can happen if you believe this? Well, I recently finished the book Mindset, The New Psychology of Success by Carol Dweck. It's a book that I've been meaning to read for a long time, and it's been recommended by top people like Bill Gates. Uh, for his annual uh, book club. Uh, And it's a really interesting book. It has a lot of science and psychology and experiments to back up what it says. Uh, But the main point is that uh, there's a fixed mindset and growth mindset. And fixed mindset people believe that, you know, all their abilities are fixed and no amount of hard work can change them. And the growth mindset people believe that, uh, you can improve given your hard work, and it doesn't matter how bad you are now. It's all about practice and improvement and uh, celebrating your progress. And of course, growth mindset people end up succeeding, fixed don't, but you can switch from a fixed to growth mindset by adopting the right beliefs. So, uh, the point is that I read that book and it really got me thinking and one of the things that's really important for you is to have a growth mindset and one of the stumbling blocks is actually what mass media and some influencers on social media uh, spread. Sometimes unconsciously, they don't know the effects of what's actually going on. So what you actually hear or see sometimes on Instagram feeds or Facebook feeds or any form of social media sometimes um, is people showing off uh, their lives. 
And you'll also see it in news articles. Uh, you'll see these tech articles on TechCrunch or Business Insider or Forbes or whatever else these big business uh, websites and media conglomerate sites that pretty much showcase these very young people because it happens. Uh, these young people who have made $20 million, $50 million because they have you know, sold or started this tech company. And in a very short amount of time, these young people have made a lot of money. Uh, so let me just break it down for you. So first off, why do people show off? Well, sometimes it's not the actual person who achieved this showing off. It's these media tech news sites who just want the page views and visits and readers and traffic. They're the ones who actually uh, pick up the story and say it because they want the traffic. So that's kind of how it happens. But sometimes it is the actual guy who's rich who's showing off. Now, why do they do it? Well, it's it has to do with uh, evolutionary biology. Uh, they're genetically wired to show off uh, the vast amount of resources they have because, guess what? Big surprise, being rich helps attract women. Why? Because if you have resources there's a higher chance that they will survive and reproduce and their offspring will survive and reproduce, which is always good. And that's why it pays to show off your resources. Uh, so that's kind of why it happens, but there are a lot of negative effects to doing this. So what exactly happens when you do this? Now, first off, it's not completely negative. For some people with a healthy mindset, it's inspirational because now and never before in human history uh, has this occurred. But now you can become a millionaire or billionaire faster, quicker, easier than ever before and at a younger age. Never before in the history of humankind have there been millionaires and billionaires in their late 20s and early 30s. Now those have existed thanks to the internet and technology and scalability. So it is arguably a good thing, but of course there are downsides to uh, spreading this type of influence and technology before. Now I've hinted at this in previous podcast episodes, but the gist of it is that um, there's two big drivers according to the book, The How of Happiness, which is by the PhD Sonia Lumborgorsky. Her last name is really hard to pronounce, but the book's called The How of Happiness and it's a comprehensive A to Z guide on the science of happiness and how you can become happier. Anyhow, um, in the book, she says there's two big drivers of unhappiness uh, that you want to stay away from at all costs. Now, most people, 99% of people are completely unaware of this because they're not nerds like me and they don't study this stuff. The first one is dwelling on negative things. That's something that a lot of people, including myself, naturally do because they don't know it's bad for you. Second thing is social comparison. And, um, you know, it's this whole idea of envy, jealousy, or just comparing yourself to people who are better than you. Keeping up with the Joneses is the phrase that's often used because um, you see it very often. The phrase basically means like um, keeping up with your neighbors. Uh, 
This is a classic American problem. You move into a neighborhood and then your neighbors buy more expensive stuff. So you have to like, you want to stay up to date or like keep up with them. So you buy unnecessary expensive stuff and then they just keep buying more and more. And everyone's comparing themselves to everyone else and they waste a lot of money. And all of them ultimately feel slightly unhappier or more unhappier and that's one of the reasons why I one day want to move into a neighborhood with people who are poorer than me rather than richer than me which I think is a huge mistake that a lot of people make but the point that I'm making here is that uh, social comparison is one of the big reasons why you know social media and seeing these influencers or all this stuff really affects you and that brings us to the big central topic of this podcast episode which is um you know these young people in their 20s mid 20s early 30s or maybe they're still in their teens they're 18 19 uh and they feel like they've failed because they see these you know teen sensations whether it's um, someone who's only 19 years old or 17 who seems to be super rich and they're super young and they've made their money as an actor or a singer or a rapper and they just think, well, it's already too late for me. This guy is already an Olympic athlete. This guy's already a musician and they're already making it rich and I have missed the boat. It's too late for me now. And they feel all these, this, the social comparison gets them and they feel bad. And it's a very common problem. And um, I've seen this, especially with like a lot of these like um, uh, new young artists that are coming out of these new social media apps like Musical.ly. But um, these youngsters, they get pretty cocky. Um, and uh, I was going to name a name and call someone out, but... Uh, I figured I probably shouldn't. I don't want to spread negativity. But the main reason is because I forgot the name of the guy. But um, what I've found happens is that uh, a lot of these young artists kind of propel this themselves. Partially out of naivete because they're so young. But, you know, they'll think that they're like unstoppable. That they can do no wrong. And that, you know, they're better than everyone else because they've achieved such large amounts of money and success and at such a, such a young age. So they like show it off and they propel this cycle, which makes most people following them feel even worse. And I'm going to get to why this is completely false and untrue uh, later on in this podcast. But uh, I first want to just touch on how... Uh, not hard, but atrocious. This is, uh, and it's it's because you know when these people they get so cocky and arrogant, they sometimes just kind of show it off and say how much better they are, and show off their lives and post all these pictures of them, and and you could just tell by the tone of their content that they really think that they're better than everyone else, and it just propels this cycle on. And you think, oh my God, they, they must be better than me. I've missed the boat. I'm already 22 or 24 or 25 or 15. And I'm not, you know, on TV or 
found my calling yet or making millions yet and you feel worse off because you're comparing yourself to these people and it's completely untrue um, and I'll show you with evidence why um, but this the naivete from these young business entrepreneurs or musicians kind of propels this on because uh, you know there are the ones who just you know they're being humble but even though they're being humble, they still kind of project their lifestyles and their success and it makes us feel worse. But then there are the ones who are uh, you know, naive about the world and think they're actually better, which you know propels the cycle even more. So I'm going to stop ranting on that and move on to why this is completely wrong. So I've, uh, if you, you're new to my uh, content, you know, I spent the last few years just studying thousands of the world's most successful people. I've watched thousands of interviews, listened to thousands of podcasts, uh, read uh, a couple hundred books on a topic. And I'm not saying that to brag, but um, I have a bit more context and, um, you know, life experiences from all these incredible people to bounce off of. And I've learned some incredible things. Uh, so, you know, one thing about being too uh, comfortable or cocky with your early success is that it can backfire. An example would be Aaron Carter. I saw like um, this like semi-documentary slash interview of this guy. So Aaron Carter, if you don't know, he was a teen child sensation. He was a singer and he got really famous and successful when he was a young kid. He was one of those teen heartthrobs that looked beautiful. He was like, you know, blonde hair, perfect face, and of course made all the girls swoon for him. And he ended up making over $100 million uh, before he was 18, I believe. And he spent it all for his family and relatives. He bought all of his family and relatives a house. And it completely backfired for a number of reasons. Uh, his family, his parents were very toxic and they, there was a lot of psychological issues going on. And his family and extended relatives kind of took all his money. And him being the naive young kid he was... Um, he didn't know. He didn't know any better. So he thought he was doing a service by spending and giving all this money to everyone. And ultimately what ended up happening was uh, he had a number of psychological issues and he went to therapy and now he, you know, he doesn't have any of that money anymore. Uh, and I, I saw this all through this documentary and I was just shocked beyond belief uh, because there's there's so many life lessons from that. Uh, just one off the top of my head is the fact that just because people look successful on TV doesn't mean that they are. You know, I saw this kid um, growing up, and I was like, man, he's he must be living the life. And I had no idea that you know even him he had other issues to deal with, specifically family and toxic psychological issues so um you know that's just one lesson the second lesson is that you shouldn't get 
too arrogant or too comfortable no matter how successful you are because this guy he made over 100 million dollars uh by the time he was you know 18 and then he lost it all after that because he spent too much so there's it's it's about conservation it's about you know staying humble and all these other life lessons that a lot of these young kids don't get so the point being of course take those lessons so you don't end up like any of those uh arrogant uh young successes in life who make strike it rich while they're young and then blow it all but also it's just to give you a little taste of the fact that uh, you know there's more to success than just uh what meets the eye it's more than just being successful at an early age and I, it was just really interesting and of course you could probably search up the documentary on Aaron Carter or um, maybe it wasn't even Aaron Carter it was one of those people like I'm pretty sure it was Aaron Carter but um, it was one of those like young teen sensations with the blonde hair uh, and anyhow um, I'm pretty sure it was him if you search up like a search phrase on YouTube like Aaron Carter documentary or Life after Aaron Carter, you'll find it, and it's uh, literally just an interviewing interviewer recording Aaron Carter, and he's kind of just walking through and giving answers and you know explaining what happened with his life. And uh, quite honestly, I, I can't say that I would have wanted to change or swap lives with him if I could, because his life was a roller coaster. Like you. It's not the the dream rich life that most of us want. We think of this dream life where we have a ha- happy, healthy family and all this other stuff. And that wasn't the case with him. He had this huge upsurge of money, which came with a lot of psychological issues. And then it all kind of crumbled away. And apparently he's kind of stuck through it and survived it, which is you know great on him. But I can't say I would have wanted to swap lives. So let's put Aaron aside. What else can I say to prove to you that you know your life isn't over or that you didn't miss the boat and that it's only just beginning? That's right. I believe that for most of you, it's only getting started. It's just your your life is just getting started. In fact, it's just going to get better and better if you have the right mindset and the right routines so that you set it up to be. Uh, so. I have a very specific example to prove this for you. And this will be the last example I give you, but it's going to be such a good one. So what is it? Um, Let's say you're 25 years old. Stop comparing yourself to just random people. Instead, compare yourself age by age, time period by time period to... Some of the world's most successful people. Now, keep in mind that these are the world's most successful people to begin with. So, we're being pretty conservative here. Uh, And I'm going to pick out two uh, because I know them well. Uh, Actually, three. Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, Phil Knight. These are probably, without a doubt, some of the most successful business people in the history of humankind. Phil Knight founded Nike. Uh, he wrote a book on it, uh, Shoe Dog, which recently was released. And then there's uh, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger. 
two billionaires and some of the most impactful business people of all time and top philanthropists of all time. Uh, now the point is, let's say you're 25 and you're, you're just looking at these uh, news articles and you're like, man, these people, they're, they're making millions of dollars, they're living the, their dreams and I haven't done anything yet. It's too late. It's over for me. Well, why don't you compare yourself to Warren, Charlie, and Phil when they were 25 years old? And when you do, what you'll find is that they really didn't have much going when they were 25 either. Let's check out Warren. So at 25, Warren had just graduated from Columbia Business School. And no one knew who he was. He was just this kid. Uh, he adored his mentor, Benjamin Graham, and he was really into stock investing. But uh, his mentor wouldn't take him because his mentor only took Jews because it was post-Great Depression era. And he wanted to help people in his own community because Ben Graham was a Jew uh, and he was Jewish. And he, he wanted to support other Jewish people. So his own mentor wouldn't take him. So Warren went back home from Columbia Business School, which is uh, on the East Coast, back to Omaha, Nebraska, to work for his father's stock firm. And he did so for a, a few years, until maybe around 26 or 27, before Ben Graham finally said, okay, we have a spot open for you. So essentially, what I'm saying here is that at the age of 25, which is where you might be at now, if not, you know, just plug in your age or just hang with me for this example because uh, I'm trying to get a point across. Don't get jarbled on the specifics of the age. But the point is that for one of the top business people in the world, he was in many ways non-existent and not that successful at 25 either so i still believe in the fact that it's about long-term investment and not seeing the fruits of your labor uh and not seeing that compound until years down the line Uh, and it may even take 50 years but it is well worth it And the only thing that you should take that's a healthy mindset from seeing all these new, these articles about, you know, people striking it rich while they are young is that it will just speed up the process a little bit. You still have to be very patient and all this other stuff. Don't get too impatient, but it's good news because now more than any time else in history, it's easier and a bit faster to become that level of wealthy thanks to the scalability of technology. Uh, And of course, don't dwell on things, don't compare yourself to others, and don't be jealous of others because uh, as Charlie Munger says, nothing productive or pleasurable comes out of being envious of other people or their accomplishments so let's jump back we did warn what about charlie and phil at the age of 25 so charlie munger 25 he didn't go to business school instead he decided to become a lawyer so at the age of 25 for charlie 
he was also relatively unknown. He wasn't famous or any of that crazy stuff. He was just graduating from law school. Now, of course, arguably, they were still doing fairly well from the academic side of things. Uh, one had graduated from law school, the other business school. But having said that, like they're not killing the game yet. They're not making billions of dollars or flying around the world or, or partying it up in Hollywood uh, at nightclubs. They're still putting in the work. Uh, and so Charlie, still relatively unknown, just this young lad out of law school. Nothing more, nothing less. No exceptional, crazy, world-changing accomplishments yet. And then, of course, there's Phil Knight. Phil Knight, I think, is the most peculiar case because... um, Well, peculiar may not be the right word. Uh, I would say the right word might just be... um, Relatable case. Because at 25, Phil Knight was driving... Uh, a lime green car, which was a pretty cheap, affordable car. His friends made fun of him for it because they thought the car looked like it had the color of puke green. Obviously, he didn't have a lot of money. Uh, he had graduated from business school as well. I believe it was Stanford. Uh, but he was just working this um job that he hated, wasn't making that much money, it was a commissions-based sales job, and he just didn't like this job at all. In fact, he kind of just wanted to completely quit. He didn't enjoy it, but he didn't really know what to do. The only thing he really wanted to do was follow his crazy idea uh, that he had come up with in business school, which was to sell Japanese imported running shoes. And so, yeah, all these people were not that successful at such an early age. So if you're like, oh my goodness, it's over, 25, it's because the people you're comparing yourself to, it's a very stunted, focused an unfair group. Uh, they're selected and picked, cherry-picked out of tens of millions of people. And you're looking at this small focus group and saying, oh, I, I'm, I can never compete with those people. It's too late for me. And that's where the problem stems from. Uh, and of course, if you actually you know, widen your sample set and even look at these actually really successful people you will find based off their biographies that um, they it they only slowly and surely started compounding investing and adding to their success over time and slowly but surely Warren and Charlie started adding one business after another until eventually now they're like in their 80s and they're they're running this like multi-billion dollar conglomerate with like uh, dozens of these top companies and they did it by slowly adding one business after another. Charlie uses the analogy of a juggler juggling 10 
flaming bowling pins. How does he do that? Well, he did it one bowling pin at a time. So same type of thing. They slowly but surely added one bowling pin, one business after another. Uh, Phil Knight, he slowly started uh, investing and you know taking action on his crazy idea. And I think this is a good point to conclude with, which is that uh, one thing you can do to set your, your life up to grow and get better rather than worse is what these three people did. Now, on paper, that at the snapshot of what they were at the age of 25, um, they might not seem much different from another 25-year-old. Maybe they had slightly better academic credentials or moderately better. However, they were all doing something that I think is really important if you want to set your life up so that it gets better and better. And that is simply uh, what I like to call investing in yourself. Specifically, Warren was reading everything he could. Warren Buffett was reading everything he could and consuming all this knowledge from his mentor, Benjamin Graham, on investing, business, and stocks. Charlie Munger was doing the same with his law. And uh, then there was um, Phil Knight, who uh, decided to actually take action on his crazy idea. He begged his parents. Uh, they finally agreed to pay for a flight to Japan where he could talk to manufacturers and persuade them to uh, you know, sell him shoes to bring back to America. So I think what's really important here is that they started planting seeds that had the potential of yielding incredible crops. And I think that's the big distinction that a lot of young people don't do. They don't plant these seeds at all. Uh, they might have the same dingy puke green car or maybe even a slightly better car that they splurged on but the difference is that they don't do plant any of these seeds that lead to more opportunity instead they just waste their mind and body away they just sit in front of a you know television and watch tons of tv or play tons of video games they're not planting these seeds of investment maybe you can do something else maybe you really like playing video games well, why don't you, you know, plant a seed of investment in the form of a video gaming YouTube channel? Maybe that could turn into a business. Uh, or you, on the off chance, you could grow into something like PewDiePie's YouTube gaming channel, which has, I believe, over 53 million subscribers and growing. And on top of that, you know, he makes millions of dollars uh, off his video gaming videos on YouTube. Now, having said that, you know, I know I've studied PewDiePie quite a lot and he works really hard. He spends like three times as long editing his videos as he does playing the actual games. So take that with a grain of salt, but you know, that's just an idea for you. And the final thing I want to give you as a word of caution is that enjoy the journey. Find ways that don't cost money to enjoy the journey while you're moving towards your end destination. All these people, Charlie, Phil Knight, 
Warren Buffett, they all enjoyed their journey. Uh, Warren Buffett, he wasn't making much money back then. Uh, he was barely making any money. He was probably making ends meet and being able to pay for food and stuff and rent. But he wasn't like a billionaire yet. Uh, of course, he really wanted to make a lot of money. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, he just loved what he did. And he says this in all his interviews. He loved what he did. And he encourages every uh, young person uh, to do what you love and follow your passion because um, he doesn't think it's worth it to you know, save up all these years until you're really old. He calls that saving up sex for old age. He says it's like just like saving up sex for old age. That's not how it works. Uh, so he says find your passion so you can enjoy the entire process throughout it. Because, you know, maybe you listen to this podcast and you're like, you know what? You're right. I should be patient and I should invest. And then maybe later on in life, I can finally achieve my goals. So maybe I, ha- maybe I haven't missed a boat. But the problem is you don't want to get into that concept of suffering for 60 or 70 years and then having all this money and being too old to spend it. You don't want to suffer for that long. There's even a book by MJ DeMarco called The Millionaire Fastlane on this topic. And his whole idea behind the book is that you know you don't have to suffer uh, for your whole life uh, and then finally save up enough to be rich. Maybe you can get rich faster and enjoy your life. Uh, now, I'm not saying exactly that. I'm saying uh, whether you make money faster or be patient and it takes longer, you should really just consider finding ways of enjoying the process, even when you're broke. Find ways that don't cost money to enjoy life more. And I think that is, uh, it, it's something that, in, at least in the self-help industry, might be cliche because it's said a lot, but uh, I don't think a lot of people do it enough. Uh, me being a huge example, you know, all of this advice can apply to me because I've been there, I ha- have been there, I am there. In certain, in many ways, and um, yet it's it's hard to buy into, but I think it's really true. Um, for me, for example, it's easy to just fall into this mindset of, oh, once I, you know, become really muscular and can lift all this weight, and then I look good and I have six pack abs, and then I have, um, actually, I don't really care about six pack abs. I just want to be muscular. But uh, for example's sake. Um, once I get all that and then once I'm rich and then I can travel the world and then party with celebrities and party with actresses, then I will be happy. Uh, and it's a very common theme. It's a theme that I've hinted at numerous times and more than hinted at that you should avoid. Uh, but it's hard to buy into. Uh, so ultimately... What you should do is consider finding ways of enjoying the process instead uh, because there's many ways as Warren and Charlie and Phil have demonstrated uh, you can enjoy the process of getting there 
just as much, if not more, than getting there. And there are a few ways. Uh, because all this hinging on once I get there, then I can stop suffering and, and enjoy life. Uh, you know, maybe back in the times where, uh, you know, life was much tougher and there wasn't as many interesting jobs and it was just about being practical and putting food on the table, you know, you had to suck it up. And that's something that maybe your parents' generation or the generation before, that's the life and world that they lived in but it's slowly i wouldn't say fully changed but slowly changing to open up to new possibilities now so long story short think about ways you can do this for example um rather than hinging on the fact that oh one day once i make a million dollars then i can have a girlfriend and then i could be happy goodness that can take 10 to 20 years to get there. I'm not saying you can't, but do you really want to suffer for that long? Rather than doing that, how about you focus a little bit more of your potential happiness on now? Specifically, you can find a business or career that you really enjoy so that making that money isn't such a drag for you and you don't have to suffer for so long. Or here's another example. You could potentially, let's say, uh, you can kind of just see how you can enjoy life as much as getting that girlfriend. Uh, You can ask yourself, well, why do I want this girlfriend so much? Oh, it's because I think it will be the most pleasurable, fun thing. Well, question yourself. Ask yourself, why? Because sometimes it's not true. Well, is that really that fun? Or is that just something you've built up in your mind? Maybe there's a lot of fun things you can do now that doesn't cost you or needs a million dollars. First off, I don't think you really need to become a millionaire uh, to be to get a girlfriend. But let's just assume that you you really want to because... Let's say you want like a, I don't know, a gold digger or a a supermodel who only dates really rich men. I don't know. But um, let's, for example, say, sake, uh, say that, just play with that scenario because it applies to a lot of situations. Uh, Another way, rather than just finding a job you love, is also maybe finding a uh, way of getting the same fun, which is your ultimate goal anyways. Now it could be finding a new hobby. Maybe it's broomstick hockey. I actually found out that this, that was actual sport recently, which is basically playing hockey, hockey with your broomstick. There are local leagues, uh, recreational leagues that only cost 20 bucks to join where you can play broomstick hockey or sand volleyball or dodgeball whatever you can think of for just 20 bucks for about 12 weeks that's about three months Uh, and so exploring those other options can really expand and break apart those assumptions in your mind that you think are true but aren't true those beliefs such as oh i can only have fun 
and date attractive women once I make a million dollars. That assumption or belief is broken apart because it's not actually true once you question it. Or uh, your assumption might be, I can only be happy once I make a million dollars and that's going to take me 20 years of my life. Well, question that. Ask yourself, is that actually true? Maybe it will only take 10 years. Maybe you can be happy now. Maybe you can have just as much fun now. Maybe it's not a recreational sport for you. Maybe it's improv, comedy, joining an improv group. Maybe it's video games. Maybe it's fitness or exercise. Uh, I've seen a lot of people who, for some reason, they love fitness and exercise more than anything in the world and they just get such a buzz and excitement and they have so much fun lifting weights or you know whatever it is dancing salsa hip-hop dance there's all these things out there so again just ideas for you um find ways of breaking the norm i I threw out all those examples of like dancing and salsa because those are potential substitutes to immediately get the same result or moderately. It's not immediate, immediate, but fairly quickly you can get the same result of and the goal of having fun. So ultimately what I'm saying here is that um, breaking these norms, these um, rules, uh Brules is a term that's B-R-U-L-E-S. Brules is a term I learned from the book Code of the Extraordinary Mind. It stands for BS rules, which are rules that society sets that aren't actually true or assumptions that you've been meant to believe that aren't true. These rules, um, it's a term that uh, Vishen Lakiani, who is the founder of a... um, hundred million dollar company and one of the top meditation and self-help training companies in the world um, uh, said in his new book uh, code of the extraordinary mind he says it's one of the first things that you should you should really question and break out of because it can really uh, help you hack your life for the better so one of so do that you know ultimately in conclusion based off the evidence I presented here, you have not, no matter how old or young you are, you have not missed the boat. Your life does get better. Even Warren Buffett at the age of 80 says this every year. Your life gets better every year after year. Uh, Don't buy in, dwell on, or compare yourself to those news articles or social media posts where you see these super young people who seem to have achieved all forms of success already. Uh, Don't let that get you down. Uh, And to make your life better, invest in yourself uh, and make sure you enjoy the journey and progress. I know it's hard to do, even though it's easy to say in theory, But I hope this helped you. I hope this will help you. And that's it. Uh, If you like this podcast, please um, leave a review on iTunes. It will help 
uh, this podcast gets shared and rank more and get more traffic, uh, you can do that by just going to willyoulaugh.com slash podcast. It will redirect you to the iTunes podcast page where you can leave a review. Other than that, uh, you know, of course, any positive feedback or constructive criticism, let me know. You can leave a comment on my site, willyoulaugh.com, or contact me on the contact form or via social media. Uh, It's all there on the site. Uh, And thanks so much for listening to this whole thing. I'll see you in the next episode. Peace. Thank you for listening to Will's Personal Development Podcast. You can find more at willyoulaugh.com.